Don't worry, it's not recording. What are you saying about my eyes? <laughs> Just kidding. Hi, my wife. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Doing well. This is our 10th episode of the Use Soils for Growth podcast. All right. We like that number 10. Yeah. Now, let's start off with a little story. I was in the classroom with about 12 of these students, and they're between the ages, I would say about 18 and 25, and they all have either recently got a job or they're currently working as maintenance mechanics in industry for large companies. And so one student brought this up and then a few others agreed. And they said, like, what do you do if you're not getting paid enough? They said, because if I'm not getting paid enough, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to put in my best effort. I'm not going to work hard. So what are your initial thoughts when, when you hear someone say, I'm not getting paid enough? So my initial thoughts on that are, how are you, and I'm using one of your words, how are you quantifying enough? So in terms of the value that you're bringing to that particular job, so that's, I guess that would be my question. What value are you bringing Mm -hmm. and how are you measuring that value in terms of the money you're getting paid and that it's not enough? So I propose this to the class. Say you got paid a dollar more an hour, but you hated your job. You woke up every morning just hating it. You don't like the people around you. They, they don't treat you with respect, but Hey, you wanted money. So there's a dollar said, or imagine waking up and you just believe in the purpose of where you work and the vision. And you just, you're motivated so much. You enjoy being at work because you feel like you're contributing to society or you're doing something that you're living out your core values. And, you know, would you give that up for a dollar more an hour? Would you give it up for two, for three, for four, right? To your points, quantify it for $5 an hour. So everyone's a little bit different. So I just coach them on, well, money is important because we feel that's a way that shows some respect and we got to pay the bills. And that's how we feel valued. It is interesting that it's not always about money. It's, it's unfortunate that there is this increasing number of just this perspective of entitlement. It's not first on what value am I I bringing? Uh, Of course, just like you mentioned, there has to be some type of standard because they have to live and they have to pay their bills and take care of their responsibility. Another thing that I thought of just off the bat and when you were introducing the ages of these students and the fact that they're into getting jobs for maintenance mechanic is, wow, that's great that they're so young and getting into a great career field, especially one that's in high demand. Right. And they're getting paid. They're setting themselves up. They're setting themselves up for for a great uh, career. Right? Yeah. And so said, all right, let's break it down. What what are our options here? One, you could start your own business and charge whatever you want. Also, two, the second thing to consider is go negotiate with your HR. And a lot of what I'm finding and why the problem solving was helping them, I was teaching them how to articulate problems and articulate gaps. So I'm like, could you show value? Well, so when I'm showing you guys how to improve a process, you need to quantify it. That way you could say, hey, I helped improve the process by $30,000 now because we have less waste, we're more productive, whatever the case may be. But take that data in and say, now I want to raise. But if you're, if you're not collecting data, you don't know how to articulate your value, then of course you're not going to get a raise. The third thing I had them consider is, well, you agreed to that contract. I said, so an employer and employee, that's a, 
it's a dual relationship They're They have to both add value and provide something, but you start off agreeing to it. And I said, if now, if you feel you've outgrown that amount, you go talk to HR. Have you, and that's what I asked them. Have you asked anyone or asked for, well, no, I'm like, all right, well, so I helped show them here's quantify what you're doing and you might have a point, but at that, it was kind of a complaint. You know, I think they're, I think it's good that they're getting confidence because learning all these new skills are like, well, now I want to be paid more and said, all right, maybe you should be. So let's, let's articulate that and let's look at your resumes and make sure you're showing the results that you're getting by applying these concepts. Yeah, that is a great point to bring up because you're right. Just like you said, there is a chance that they are bringing the value. And so therefore they, they would be, I don't want to say do, but they would be in a position where getting paid more is going to be in the benefit for their employer mm-hmm. because they can recognize, hey, this person really is bringing value. And if I don't give them a raise, they might go somewhere else and they might take that mm-hmm. great value that they're bringing here and take that somewhere else. So so the last thing on, on this, well, maybe not the last thing, but when I was still giving advice on this about, hey, I'm not getting paid enough. And the second part of the, the quote was, then I'm not going to put in my best effort. So I said, yeah, talking about money first and only about yourself, that's selfish, but it's not selfish enough. I'm like, what are you really gaining by not doing anything, right? So they're like, I'm there for eight hours. Since I'm not getting paid what I want, I'm only going to put in effort for seven hours. So there's going to be an hour of slacking. I'm like, who's really losing there? I'm like, you should go challenge yourself. Take that extra hour and go donate your time. I said, when I was that age, I was going through or I worked at Parker Hannafin, I would spend that extra hour. I would go um, do an internship at a different department. I would go to supply chain, right? I'd come in early. And so even though I did my normal eight hours working in the lean department, I was interested in the supply chain because I thought that could help me grow. So instead of just doing nothing for the hour, being on your phone, who's, who's really losing? You're losing. Yeah. And the business is losing. So why have a lose, lose? How about take that extra hour or just not slack at all because you're building your resume when you're there, you think, all right, how am I going to build my resume? How am I going to grow? How am I going to do better? And yeah, you need to start actually creating those wins and getting those results. So spend your time doing that. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what it is. I mean, there can be a culture of that negativity and it's easy to get roped into that type of culture of mindset and and you're right you're always building your resume i think a lot of people because i know at one time i didn't really have this mindset also i i can't say that i've always been a continuous growth mindset or that i've always had a continuous growth mindset i have not so not having that it's almost like you know you don't know what you don't have type thing Mm -hmm. and so to your point of what are you doing with that extra hour or you're not doing anything for an hour if this is going to be your end all be all job and you want to you possibly you're going to want a promotion maybe hopefully Mm -hmm. uh, or you're going to consider another location and you're probably going to want references you know, from this particular job, you're, you, they're gonna, probably going to want to call your supervisor and they're going to ask them questions and you want, <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, like you said, building your resume. Mm-hmm. Kind of your personal brand. If, right. right. And you have a, a story. I don't know if you'd like to share, but with your own brother, 
And he went through this institute as well. Yes, I do have a story uh, with my beloved brother. (laughs) So I was asking him how the program's going while he was going through it, and he said it was going well. He mentioned that they have a dress code. Mm. And he said, yeah, there's a dress code, but I don't really pay attention to that. And then I said, oh, what do you mean you don't really pay attention to that? And he says, yeah, they want us to wear a certain attire. And I said, okay. I said, well, you know that potential for this particular program, we know that potential employers stop by anytime unannounced and they want to they want to take a look at the class. They want to take a look at the content that that is being taught to these classes. They want to take a look at the students who are going through and see if there's any potential uh, future employees for their companies. So I said, you know that, right? And he said, oh, I, I guess I didn't really know that, but okay, yeah, it doesn't really change my mind about the dress code. And then he said something about his individuality mm-hmm. and expressing himself. And so I said, okay, that's fine. You can express yourself. There's nothing wrong with expressing yourself. And we're talking about your career and you're putting yourself, you're paying to go through this training with the end goal, not to just get the training and then, okay, I'm just going to go back home and not do anything. The end goal is to get a job in the field that you're paying for the training for, right? Mm-hmm. So you're really just hurting yourself. Right. And you're kind of closing windows of opportunity on yourself when you're showing that you're not a team player, even in the training that you're going through. You know, I said, no one, those, the companies that come in here, brother, I said, they don't, and I, and I hate to say it in this way, but they're not concerned with your individuality or your self-expression while you're on the job. Right. What they're concerned about is, can this person add value to my company? Can this person be a team player, come in and be a part of the team that we have created within our company? And can they do a good job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then could they respect the standards Absolutely. Th- that, are, that are set right. forth? And there's a time and place for individuality and for teamwork. So sometimes work environment, that's not, that's not the place to be an individual to show off certain things. Sometimes it's a, it's a place maybe on one-on-ones and then you can have your certain personal traits that contribute to the team. But in this environment, I think what the industry partners were looking for is does someone have right the mentality of a team player or someone here? Cause it's one more thing to worry about a dress code, right? It's just here, here's what I wear to work. Just keep it simple as an administrator. I don't want to have to talk about, oh, you're wearing this. And a lot of it's safety issues too. A dress right. code when there's moving equipment, you can't have chains hanging off. You can't have baggy clothes because it's going to get caught in equipment. So making sure that everyone knows a lot of it's for safety as well. So yeah, that, that is interesting. I will say with this younger generation, I'll give them some, some credit here is they're, they're pretty open to suggestions, I would say. I've noticed about this. So even when I was talking to the class, they're like, oh, we need to get paid more. But once I started talking through it, they're like, they really changed their tune. They're like, oh, that's right. I should be taking advantage of that at work and spending that time to, to better myself. 
So they're they're very much willing to get feedback and then act on it. Just like one of the interns we had who I was talking to the CEO of a company and he was interning and he was on site and I was in his office. It was just me and the CEO speaking and our intern just walked right in the middle of the office put his back to that CEO, faced me and said, oh, Gary, I have a question about this thing over here. Could I, didn't knock, didn't say, excuse me, didn't have the sense to see that we're talking and just it's like, oblivious. Oh. and it was for something that was, right, uh, I guess it's all perspective. It wasn't very important. It was something that definitely could have waited. But after I talked to him, I'm like, what? Get out of here. You know, like we're, <laughs> we're talking. But after I talked to him after and said, hey, you know, when people are talking, it looks pretty serious at the, you know, look and maybe come back a few minutes later. Or if not, maybe knock and say, excuse me. And he was really receptive to that. He's like, really? So he's just never been taught that. Something that we take for granted, I guess, or that seems common sensey. But yeah, after that, it didn't happen again. And it was really as cognizant of when people are talking and how to wait and how to interject at an appropriate time. So I see that a lot with these these younger ones, these early 20s. They're really good about being coached. Yeah, and I would agree with you on that, definitely, because my brother was, he was open and he was receptive with what I was telling him, I guess. And I wasn't, I wasn't pounding on him, you know, but talking crap to him about like, oh, you're an idiot because you don't want to follow <laughs> dress code. Because that works well. Yeah. No, I was trying to explain to him the flaw in his thinking mm. and how it was not going to be to his benefit to mm-hmm. to stick to or, you know, to, to keep grasping on to his self-expression and individuality in each and every circumstance when it came to his career. So, so I think he was receptive and he ended up getting a job. So, mm-hmm. so that worked out well. So, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with um, being perspective. And again, it just kind of goes back to like the, maybe they, they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know. And, and so like needing like some coaching on. And they, they do like to, to challenge and test. So another student in this class, he asked, He's like, well, what if I don't want to grow? What if I don't want to develop? So then I talked to him about entropy, <laughs> like thermodynamics, you, things around you, they're going to change. They're going to evolve. So you don't have a choice. I guess you do have a choice. If you don't change or improve, things are going to be in chaos. And there is no such thing as real stability for a, a long amount of time because as things change, so don't get too comfortable. So we talked a little bit about personal agility and just expect change. Don't get too comfortable, but it goes with needing some standards as well. So if it's complete chaos, right, we look at, well, we don't want any standards. You're against everything. Without standards, you can't improve. So it's about really in that chaos, standardizing it. That way you could improve it. Then once you improve it, sustain it until you think of something better. So it's the, the stair, the steps of continuous improvement. So it's stability. You need stability first. Then you standardize the stability. Then you approve it. So that's how you get better one step at a time. Right. And it really is one step at a time. I think sometimes what can be daunting, and maybe it was received like this to your class about like continuous improvement, continuous improvement. It can either drive the point of, well, you're not good enough as you are right now, mm-hmm. which is not true. But like you said, things change like they do. So we... We are humans. We are adaptable. I mean, if the past, what is it, almost two years now haven't shown us that Mm -hmm. out, you know, with the pandemic on how adaptable we truly are. Like, so we have to roll with the punches, so to speak. And so it's not that 
something's wrong with you, you have to improve upon what you are right now. It's just setting yourself up mm-hmm. to understand that, yeah, things change and, and that's how it goes. And not only that, but when we talk about change, that can be scary just in and of itself because we, we know that we like the comfort zone Mm-hmm. And I don't want to change because it's going to be uncomfortable. And is it going to be these huge steps? And what am I going to have to do exactly? But like you said, breaking it down, small steps at a time. Mm-hmm. And those small steps at a time over the course of time, will long term, will prove to be in your benefit. Really, that's what it is. We're talking about continuous improvement for one's own benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're at your best, you can help others be at their best as well. So Absolutely. That, that's a big part of it. So one thing I, I told them that, and I, I think it's topical because of the holiday season. So the game of retail, I don't, I don't know how this came up exactly, but like their minds were blown. So then I told the, the night class as well, and their minds were blown. I don't it's it just funny. It's a good group. I like, I like working with them, but I told them whenever you go into a retail store, and you see, you know, you're waiting in line and you notice that a cashier is not, or maybe there's only one cashier, right? And you see someone else, say, folding clothes to the side or, or doing other tasks, stocking shelves. And you get frustrated and you're like, well, you know, why is that person helping me? So I said, it's because they don't know the game. The management didn't teach them the game. I think you've heard me tell the kids this before about the game of retail, so I, I told the class, I'm like, once you realize the game, you'll see things different and maybe you won't get as frustrated or you'll just know how important communication is with a team. So when you walk into a retail store, like the bakery that, that we're consulting for in Fresno or in any store and you're an employee, when that door opens, I say they shut off a bell on the door. So when the bell rings, you're like, all right. The name of the game is to get that person's money into our register as fast as possible. Like that is the game. So like, what, what do you mean? I said, yep. But you go to a restaurant. That's the name of the game is to get that person's ATM, whatever it is into your machine as quick as possible. Now there's things along the way where you want to make sure it's good quality, good customer service. But ultimately, that's the game. So like, oh, because I have a few who are working in retail right now as they're learning to be a maintenance mechanic. So I said, next time you go, or if you're ever a manager at a retail store at a restaurant, just make sure everyone on your your team knows the name of the game. Because you and I went into that restaurant. I don't know if I want to say the name of it. Was it Divine Swine? Yeah, I'll say the name of it in in Modesto. (laughs) And we went in, we went to the bar area just to get a drink. And how many people walked by us because no one was a quote unquote bartender or yeah, there were quite a few employees, and some of them even passed by us more than once. Right, so we did get yeah. annoyed, but we know they don't know the name of the game. They don't know the game is to get our money into the register as soon as possible. Right. Then it helps with cross-training as well. So if someone's a server, like, sorry, I'm just a server, I can't help. And these people all seemed over 21, so it wasn't like they couldn't have served me. I know you weren't drinking, but I was going to get a drink because we're going to get our nails done. And I never had my (laughs) toes, nails painted or foot massage, whatever we're doing. So yeah, just not knowing the name of the game. When people do know the name of the game, 
it, it makes it easier. So I don't know. They got all excited about that. Right next time I go, I'm just going to look around and see, like, do the employees know what the game is or not? That is a good one. I mean, because there's, there's things to that that I, I can't unlearn these things now. I notice it everywhere I go. And so, so kind of just to play off of that point, and sorry, I know it was an example from the class, but that, in my opinion, is the management's responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not that employee who walked by us three times and didn't right. ask us. That is management because there's a, it shows there's a lack of training. There's a lack of communication on, yeah, mm -hmm. just like you said, what's the, what's the name of their game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it should yeah. all be the same game, right? And then so people who don't work in retail, it's, well, look at your department. Your department, right? The next process, like if you're working in production and the next process from you is shipping or you made a product and now it goes to the shipping department, well, that's your customer. So think of the same way. How could we get them as quick as possible their products that they need, but using doing it safely, safely with good quality and then, yeah, just being productive. So it's in a one-piece flow, small batch, all those, all those concepts. But mm -hmm. to simplify it, that's the name of the game. So any advice, because they're asking a lot of good questions for maybe some of the younger listeners or anyone who's looking to get a, a job interview, get promoted, because you and I, we've done lots of interviews and they say, right, you could kind of tell a lot about a person before they, just during the walk from where they're sitting, say in the lobby to them coming into your office, like you could already read a lot because the body language, the way they're dressed. So what are your, what are your thoughts on maybe some either resume notes that you look at things you look for in a resume or just during that first interview? So the resume, when I was on a team and we were doing the hiring, the resume just had the basics and we just had like a basic requirements. There was a standard of course of, we didn't even require former experience for that particular job. Is this when so, we were working for city of? Yes. Yep. And yes. police dispatcher. We could yes. say police dispatcher. Yeah. Okay. So you're right. Appearance and coming in for the interview, we would also have the applicants come in for a test. So that was actually our first interaction with them as a group because they would come in to do a test like first a to see test. if they passed the test then they would potentially move on to the oral interview. So during that test, that was part of the interview, essentially part of the hiring process. So if someone's coming in dressed in pajamas mm. and looking like they don't take pride in their appearance, it gives an employer the impression that you're not going to take pride in your work mm -hmm. and that's true you know i i know pajamas are comfortable mm -hmm. but they're they're not they're not uh, conveying the message to a potential mm -hmm. employer that you're gonna take pride in the work that you do for them right that's something easy so, you could do is to right. to dress a certain way to dress like the position you want to have right that's what yeah that's what i tell our kids don't don't dress for the job you have dress for the job you want and that doesn't mean that it has to be top of the line stuff that it has to be you know a certain brand or right. whatever but being clean and being pressed goes a very long way i don't care if you've had it for years maybe it looks a little bit outdated that's actually one of the reasons uh, why i personally like 
basic colors. I like black. I like white. I like tan, gray, because those just kind of timeless. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> so the being pressed, tips. being being clean, and looking like you gave a crap about what you were, how you were presenting yourself, taking pride in your appearance, that's going to give the impression that you're also going to take pride in the work that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So and, that's a big thing. And what your grandpa used to say, <clears throat> I, I would butcher it, but I, I know the concept, but. So he was saying, uh, being poor is not an excuse for being dirty. Hmm. And I probably butchered it a little bit yeah. too, but that was pretty much the gist but of he it. He said it always wore a tie. I mean, he's always right. dressed. My grandpa, he always dressed nice. Right. He, he, um, you know, he immigrated over from Mexico at a very young age and made himself go through classes to learn English. He, you know, he was like, to me, the epitome of continuous improvement ever since Mm -hmm. he came to United States with a specific goal to improve himself Mm -hmm. and to create for himself a good life. Family. Yeah. He would take night classes after working in the factories to learn English. And this was back in the fifties, you know, yeah, and he was working for an auto manufacturer and doing a lot of work with sheet metal. And he told me this story. He even he broke a back. He broke his back and was still going to work mm-hmm. just because he took so much pride in his work and wanted to be there. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's a different level of crazy. But yeah, he's always dressed really I mean, nice. It's, yeah. it's also taking pride. I mean, we were we weren't born to just sit on the couch and do nothing. Right. And we were born to do something that we can take pride in. Of course, that's going to be different for everyone, what you do and what you take pride in and how your core values come out are going to be different. Going back to the comment that was made about if I'm not getting paid enough, then I'm not going to put in my best effort. So then at the end of the day, when you leave your shift, are you feeling like you were productive that day? Like you really put forth the effort? Or are you just like, whatever, they're not paying me enough, so I'm just going to give them whatever I feel like giving that day? Because really, at at the end of all that, that's not really going to produce in you a sense right. of pride. And that's... So So what if you ask, you're giving me an idea, at the end of the day, if you ask yourself, did I grow or did I just get by? And if it's always like, I just got by today, I just like didn't get in trouble, just did enough to blend in. But if you really ask, did I grow? Am I better today than I was yesterday? And if you're worried about trying to get one over on someone or your business, then don't think you really grew. That's a good question. But I I kind of like the question better of did I do the best I could mm. today? Because some days are going to be better than others. And some days I don't have as much as I did the previous day to give. But if I ask myself, did I do the best I can with what I had? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Like I... I did what I could. And and that's, again, that's going to be different for everyone. But some days it may include growth. Hopefully it does. But some days it might not. Some days you're just like, I'm just kind of trying to get through the day because it's been a difficult day or week mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But, but even if you had that difficult day or week and you take the time to reflect at the end, then I think you could still have growth. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like if you're right. aware that, I didn't put in my best effort. Even the answer is I didn't do my best. Well, you can still grow from that. Like I recognize and do my best. Here's why. Keep asking why. Get to the root cause of it and then try and fix it. Like how could I do better tomorrow? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Because, yeah, even when we're not at our best, we still have opportunities to learn from that. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. sorry, I know I got off track about what you were asking about the hiring process. And I went on my little tangent about appearance <laughs> at first, but it is appearance and it is really understanding like the value first and maybe really thinking about this before you even go into any of the interview processes, turning in the application. That's a part of the interview. That's part of the hiring process. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So before you go into any of the hiring process, really think about what value you're going to be adding and bringing mm -hmm. to this particular organization, agency, company, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, and not feeling entitled that any place owes you a job. Mm -hmm. That's really, those are like my kind of main advice things of. So with that, for the resume, I, same thing is showing, showing your value, quantifying it instead of showing that you're responsible for all these things. I was responsible for a thousand people. So what'd you do with that thousand people, right? Did you increase productivity increase quality, reduce safety incidents. What did you do with that? What are the results? So I would say quantify your accomplishments that you put on your resume. So always have a number to show what value you brought and then bring that into the interview as well and showing your value and making eye contact and having some confidence. Right. And I told everyone, make sure to be honest on your resume because if you have say you write down 10 bullet points of, of things that you've done and you're dishonest about one, but the other nine are true. And I, I could tell that you're dishonest about that one. Then you just lost credibility. Now I think you're lying about all of them. Right. So just be, and maybe if you're unsure, uncomfortable to answering it, a, a bullet point that you put on there and like, oh, I hope they don't ask me this because I really don't know too much about it. Well, research it the night before, practice it. That way you have a clear conscience going in talking about the things that are on your on your resume because now people will interview and they'll ask you they'll call, call you out on certain things depending on on what you're applying for so always be truthful i would say and if you do make a a mistake in the interview just acknowledge your mistake and i think showing humility is a, a big characteristic that that helps i want to add one more thing okay add it i agree with characteristic what you said I had a, a boss who, while we were on the hiring team together, this is just another tip as far as advice for getting a job, she would pull up or she would have someone pull up on a big screen in the interview room their social media account. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> if that person you know, had posted something about them being out drinking the night before, mm -hmm. you know, before they were coming to this interview, it doesn't really look so great. Granted, I get there's a line and someone is off on their personal time. They probably weren't at work while they were out, but it still sends a message about your character. Mm -hmm. And what are you putting out on social media? So that is, and that's something that a lot more employers do now. The social media is just a thing now for mm -hmm. everyone. It's here. So your advice is go on private. So better keep my, yourself yeah, private. <laughs> my advice is either my advice, excuse me, is to either keep it private. Although I want to say that she did even ask someone to make it unprivate so that oh, it could wow. be viewable. <laughs> so maybe if you are in the market looking for a job, maybe just go through and make Clean sure that, yeah, it's cleaned up. Make sure that it's nothing embarrassing. I also had someone else, and this is kind of a, <sighs> this is this is a different one. He's, he's the only person I've ever heard do this. 
But I had someone tell me one time that when they interview someone, they have that person walk them out to their, they have the interviewer mm-hmm. walks with the person out to their vehicle and the interviewer doesn't open the door, go inside their vehicle. They just take a walk around the vehicle and they check out how clean the car is. And if they can see into the interior, they check out like how tidy it is or not tidy hmm. it is. And that tells them something about the person's character. Wow. Which at the time, I did not have my car in the best tidy condition. So I was thinking like, oh, please don't ask me to go see my car. Right now. <laughs> but so those are some other things that some employers do. And I know they sound weird, but you're putting your best foot forward. So it's really just like polishing it all up, not just yourself, mm-hmm. your vehicle, your social media. Right. You, know? you, you never know if you really yeah, want that job. Know. Got to go for it. Be prepared. So, well, that's all we have for today. So hopefully we gave some good advice, told some good stories. I had some fun. Any closing comments? Uh, no closing comments, I don't think. All right. Now everyone knows what the game is at retail stores, I guess. Be nice to people if you can. That's always good. So, all righty. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you better today than it was yesterday. And if you're worried about trying to get one over on someone or your business, then don't think you really grew. That's a good question. But I, I kind of like the question better of, did I do the best I could today? Mm. Because some days are going to be better than others. And some days I don't have as much as I did the previous day to give. But if I ask myself, did I do the best I can with what I had? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Like I, I did what I could. And and that's, again, that's going to be different for everyone. But some days it may include growth. Hopefully it does. But some days it might not. Some days you're just like, I'm just kind of trying to get through the day because it's been a difficult day or week mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But even if you had that difficult day or week and you take the time to reflect at the end, then I think you could still have growth. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like if you're right. aware that, I didn't put in my best effort. Even the answer is I didn't do my best. We can still grow from that. Like I recognize and do my best. Here's why. Keep asking why. Get to the root cause of it and then try and fix it. Like how could I do better tomorrow? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Because, yeah, even when we're not at our best, we still have opportunities to learn from that. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, I know I got off track about what you were asking about the hiring process. Um I went on my little tangent about appearance <laughs> at first, um, but it is appearance and it is really understanding like the value first and maybe really thinking about this before you even go into any of the interview processes, turning in the application. That's a part of the interview. That's part of the hiring process. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So before you go into any of the hiring process, really think about what value you're going to be adding and bringing mm-hmm. to this particular organization, agency, company, Mm-hmm. whatever it may be and not feeling entitled that any place owes you a job. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, those are like my kind of main advice things of. So with that, for the resume, I, same thing is showing, showing your value, quantifying it instead of showing that you're responsible for all these things. I was responsible for a thousand people. So what'd you do with that thousand people, right? Did you increase productivity, increase quality, reduce safety incidents? What did you do with that? What are the results? So I would say quantify 
um, your accomplishments that you put on your resume. So always have a number to show what value you brought and then bring that into the interview as well and showing your value and making eye contact and having some confidence. Right. And I told everyone, make sure to be honest on your resume because if you have, say you write down 10 bullet points of, of things that you've done and you're dishonest about one, but the other nine are true. And I, I could tell that you're dishonest about that one. Then you just lost credibility. Now I think you're lying about all of them. Right. So just be, and maybe if you're unsure, uncomfortable to answering it, a, a bullet point that you put on there and like, Oh, I hope they don't ask me this because I really don't know too much about it. Well, research it the night before practice it. That way you have a clear conscience going in talking about the things that are on your, on your resume. Um, because now people will interview and they'll ask you, they'll call, call you out on certain things depending on, on what you're applying for. So always be truthful, I would say. And if you do make a, a mistake in the interview, just acknowledge your mistake. And I think showing humility is a, a big characteristic that, that helps. I want to add one more thing. Okay. Add it. I agree with characteristic what you said. I had a, a boss who, while we were on the hiring team together, this is just another tip as far as um, advice for getting a job, she would pull up or she would have someone pull up on a big screen in the interview room their social media account. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> if that person, you know, had posted something about them being out drinking the night before, mm -hmm. you know, before they were coming to this interview, it doesn't really look so great. Granted, I get there's a line and someone is off on their personal time. They probably weren't at work while they were out, but it still sends a message about your character mm -hmm. and what are you putting out on social media? So that is, and that's something that a lot more employers do now. The social media is just a thing now for mm -hmm. everyone. It's here so your advice is go on private, so better keep my, yourself yeah, private. <laughs> my advice is either, my advice, excuse me, is to either keep it private, although I want to say that she did even ask someone to make it unprivate so that oh, it can wow. be viewable. <laughs> so maybe if you are in the market looking for a job, maybe just go through and make Clean sure that, yeah, it's cleaned up. Make sure that it's nothing embarrassing. I also had someone else, and this is kind of a, <sighs> this, is, this is a different one. He's, he's the only person I've ever heard do this. But I had someone tell me one time that when they interview someone, they have that person walk them out to their, they have the interviewer mm -hmm. walks with the person out to their vehicle and the interviewer doesn't open the door, go inside their vehicle. They just take a walk around the vehicle and they check out how clean the car is. And if they can see into the interior, they check out like how tidy it is or not tidy hmm. it is. And that tells them something about the person's character. Wow. Which at the time I did not have my car in the best wow. tidy condition. So I was thinking like, oh, please don't ask me to go see my car. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but so those are some other things that some employers do. And I know mm -hmm. they sound weird, but you're putting your best foot forward. So it's really just like polishing it all up, not just yourself, mm. your vehicle, your social media. Right. You, know? you, you never know if you really yeah, want you that job. Know. Got to go for it. Be prepared. So, well, that's all we have for today. So hopefully we gave some good advice, told some good stories. I had some fun. Uh, any closing comments? 
No closing comments, I don't think. All right. Now everyone knows what the game is at retail stores. I guess uh, be nice to people if you can. That's always good. So, all righty. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.